0: He's saying, "Everybody stay home. Give up a deuce if you have. Do not leave the perimeter. Two doesn't hurt us. Three does." This is Danny Get it right back. The Avery
1: Bradley with five, with four. LeBron. He kicks it to the corner. Danny Green for the tie. For the tie. We're going overtime. I am shocked. Welcome to Views from the Clutch. I go by the name of Smart Alex. I am here with my brother from another, C. Grant. And we are here with episode middle age 35 of Views from the Clutch. Before we begin, as always, I want to take this moment out to say thank you to all of our viewers, listeners, subscribers, and supporters. If you would like to reach us, you can always leave a voice note on any of the podcasting sites where our podcast can be found. You can reach us directly by sending us an email to viewsfromtheclutch at gmail.com or touching any of our social media pages or like Facebook or Instagram. And on that note, time to get down to business, brother. Episode thirty-five, man. We speeding, bro.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. We doing all right. We just going through, you know, making giving the people what they ask for. You know what I'm saying? People, people have been um asking us f- for for the podcast, trying to deliver it, deliver the podcast in a, in a in a manner that keeps our current guests coming back and future guests from uh, tuning in so doing doing what we can try to get better with each each episode um so we've already touched
1: on and given you know a little bit of feedback on what we've seen so far in the first week of the NBA as the first week of the NBA continues and I think well, are we in week 2 yet yes sir okay so yeah we're in week 2 of the uh, of the NBA season i think the most teams or most games that a team has like played right now is somewhere between like 7 and 8 uh, I don't even think it's that. There were, like, five or six that I
0: saw. Yeah, I don't even think it's sure. that much. Honestly. Uh, yeah, I mean, the, the most games is five. Yeah, because uh, Sacramento's 0-5. Yeah, everybody's, like, five. Even between four and five. Nobody's had six yet. Tonight, actually, tonight is, like, the sixth game for some teams. Okay. Like, for the, for the Knicks, is six And for like the Mavericks, because I don't remember
1: who I was watching, and somebody was three and two, and it was like with the Clippers. What are the Clippers now?
0: The Clippers are right now they're four and two. They won last. So that's the that's that's see that's why I said some
1: teams are the six game because they started literally the season. So yeah,
0: yeah, exactly, exactly, yeah, yeah. So yeah, exactly. So between them
1: and the Pelicans, they probably had the Pelicans Raptors. And Lakers and Clippers probably had the opportunity to have played the most games. So the Clippers maxed out at six. Mm-hmm. Um, and the season began on a Tuesday, and here we are on a Friday. So, yeah, it's a good spacing out
0: of games. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, we got a lot to go over. I know I, um, I kind of, like, sublet the topic list to you. So um, let's just go ahead and not even tell anybody what we're going to jump into, but just pick something from the litter, and, and let's just roll downhill from there. Let's let the momentum take them.
0: Uh, we could talk about. I don't know if you want you want to start off with the um, what Charles Barkley considered just a, a snuggle party, the uh, fight between Embiid and um, Carl Anthony Towns, or you want to? Yeah, let's let's
1: start with the fight because that's gonna be the thumbnail for the episode. We we're gonna clickbait y'all. We're gonna clickbait y'all. So yeah, and we're gonna write a really really misleading headline. You know is carl anthony towns the softest center in nba history it's gonna be something real sensational oh man don't, don't do that he's from he's from the tri-state so no 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 uh, listen if if y'all don't know by now what smart alex is about when it comes to that sarcasm then y'all might um you might need to reach out to me and let me know if, if if i've ever led you astray with with some of my misdirections when i be talking about these these guys it's all humor um Yeah, so uh, a snuggle fest broke out in the uh, Philadelphia 76ers home game between themselves and the Minnesota Timberwolves. Pretty much a 20-point blowout for the entirety of the game after the first quarter. Um, Things have gotten chippy over time between Carl Anthony Towns and Joel Embiid. Obviously, Joel Embiid is a known social media troll. If he beats you then chances are he's going to go on social media, post a really nice picture of that performance and something to make you feel bad about not shutting him down. And obviously in this era of put up and shut up, when you're on social media and you're trolling your opponent, there's really not much you can do to offset the fact that your team has won the game. And after this game has been completed, Carl Anthony Towns and Joel Embiid have faced off six times. Joel Embiid is five and one against Carl Anthony Towns on the actual basketball court. Wow. But that's not but that's not why we're talking. That's not why we're talking. So again, game continues to go on. Obviously temperatures change over the course of the game. You got two of the premier young NBA centers in the league going going face to face. Um a lot of the game was spent with Carl Anthony Towns dealing with multiple different defenders guarding him. Carl Anthony Towns for the most part, all of the work that Joel Embiid put in was as Carl Anthony Towns as the main defender. Um, Philadelphia did engage in some double-team schemes whenever Ben Simmons was guarding Carl Anthony Towns, and that usually means that Joel Embiid got to come down and take a swipe at the ball over there. The case may be to set that trap to make the ball move. Um, in the midst of one of those traps and what was it, the third quarter? It was the third quarter, right? Mm-hmm. In the midst of one of those traps in the third quarter, they were on the far side of the court with Minnesota in possession. Carthony Towns gets double teamed again by Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid. The ball comes loose. It bounces off of um, Ben Simmons's leg and then propels itself down court. Philadelphia takes off for a fast break, another easy score in the middle of a 20-point blowout. Nothing to see here. But wait. In the background... Carl Anthony Towns and Joel Embiid managed to propose to each other
0: and got engaged. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna let you take over from this, Greg. What did um, you see? There's a whole bunch of nothing after that. There's nothing to see here. A whole bunch of just dudes trying to, like, you know, nobody. Nah, fight. nah, nah. I'm not letting you get away with that. Nobody no. No. It, no. no not call let- Russell, call I'm not letting that rock.
1: So, Russell, Joel, Joel Embiid. Joel and B and Carl Anthony Towns got into an aggressive, jail-like armbar fest. Joel and B pushes Carl Anthony Towns, but doesn't separate himself with the other arm. Carl Anthony Towns pushes him back, swings, misses, then proceeds to He's, try to put Joel and B him? Yeah, he swung on him. He swung, miss, uh-huh. and let the failing motion lead into a headlock that he couldn't secure all the way because I guess Embiid's little baby fro was a little bit too big for the, you know, the diamond or the triangle that he created with the arm lock that he attempted. Mm-hmm. Let me continue. MB manages to start to tussle himself loose from that. And they begin their downward tumble. And that's by the time all of the other players start to converge onto the court to try and de-escalate the situation, which actually backfired and made it look even worse um,
0: but wait, wait wait I thought Joel Embiid Joel, Embi- Joel Embiid at one point tried to eye gouge Carl Anthony Towns as yes. a scuffling
1: Yeah, so Joel Embiid swung after, after the headlock didn't fully engage missed and then their momentum started to take them downward and then when they were like in the pile that's when the whole eye gouging thing happened like I don't know if anybody has released footage of just that specific you know that specific yeah, no, they attempt that he made they
0: were, both yeah. were, they were both standing when that happened oh okay yeah, they showed So maybe I just missed that part or I skipped over it because listen, that. I think you sent know,
1: that to me. Oh, it might be in the clip that I sent to you. I really wasn't paying attention to much of what Joel and B was doing because honestly, he wasn't, I don't want to say he wasn't the aggressor, but he wasn't in a position where any of his body movements could really do anything unless like Carl Anthony Towns walked dead into a fist.
0: Like well, his man, if, you, if, mo- if you hit somebody with an eye gouging, that's what you try to do. Agree.
1: Agree. No, no, no. I'm just saying. When I was paying attention to what was going on, it really puzzled me because I had to get to the end part. So let me get to that real quick. So somehow they wind up making it to the floor. In the midst of making it to the floor, Ben Simmons, in an effort to quote-unquote de-escalate the situation, manages to put Carl Anthony Towns in the kangaroo crippler and Carl Anthony Towns (laughs) winds up having to tap out. (laughs) While that is going on, behind him Jeff T, who obviously is the NBA's strongest man, is holding Joel Embiid by his waist and keeping him from re-entering the fray. The MVP of this whole scuffle is Je- Jeff T because he, he's, what, six feet? Mm-hmm. Joel Embiid is pushing 300 pounds? And Joel Embiid couldn't go nowhere as long as Jeff Teague had him in that reverse bear hug. So Joel Embiid manages to get free. He does his whole Philadelphia rally the crowd thing that, you know, Joel Embiid does anytime he does mm-hmm. anything that... That gets people worked up. Carl Anthony Towns gets ushered down the opposite side of the court. And then everything goes to social media where you guys can follow these respective basketball players and see the things that they said. And I'm going to let you take back over, Seagrave.
0: Yeah, no, that was that was it. I mean, that's it's nothing really to see here. I mean, like I said, I think personally the NBA was – They ended up they sus- both got
1: two games. Two games suspension,
0: right? But I think, honestly, I think the NBA suspended them because – both of them afterwards kind of trolling each other on social media. So, that's why I think the NBA really – because, I mean, from what I saw, the actual tussle, I thought that was just going to be like, all right, both of y'all got kicked out may, at, at most, maybe a fine. I didn't expect them both to get two games. But when you saw them you cannot media, throw,
1: You cannot throw a punch and not get at least a game.
0: And they okay. both threw
1: a punch. Okay, okay so, at, okay, at worst case scenario, a game. two so they, games. Def- they were so- definitely going to get at least a game. So yeah. actually lucky to have gotten off with two games and Ben Simmons after having put the, the boy Carl Anthony Towns in the, in, the, in the kangaroo cross face is lucky that nothing happened to him because that's not a de-escalation when you're laying on top of a grown man and choking him at the same time. That's borderline jail foreplay. So he should have got <laughs>
0: something for that. Yeah. He should have got something for that. So yeah, I mean, you know, like you said, I think listen, you got millionaires fighting each other or t- tussling each other. They ain't Ain't nobody trying to really do nothing. I mean, because listen, I just found out that both of them, being that they're getting suspended two games, both of them make over three hundred thousand dollars per game. So, yeah, so they both
1: lost six hundred k.
0: Exactly. So no, 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 like close to seven hundred. It was like three. It's like dollars or something like that. Uh, okay. So what I'm saying is that to the average person, the non NBA superstar. Two games for $675,000. I, nah, we don't need to be fighting, dog. Like, listen, ain't... listen,
1: l- listen, let's just make it even simpler than that. All of us common folk enjoying this podcast and listening to this podcast, we thank you for being here. Please leave me a message letting me know if you can afford to take two unpaid days from your current job. That's all I want you to do. If you can afford to take two unpaid days from your current job, That's the same relationship we're giving to what just happened to these NBA guys. Like you said, there's no scale where losing that amount of your salary is ever going to be worth it unless
0: you really, 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 really fight. Yeah, 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 yeah. If
1: I'm going down for two games, like I know the moment, yo, I'm going to pop on this dude, you're going to see the best of me. Or you're going to see me get pepper sprayed or, you know, something where like, extreme measures had to be taken. Like, I'm taking it all the way to Steven Jackson levels, Ron Artest levels, if I'm gonna go out there and, like, really fight. These NBA guys can't do that anymore. They've learned from the malice in the palace. The penalties are too severe. I mean, if you step one foot off the bench and you cross that line that they now have painted on everybody's court, you're automatically suspended. The only people that can get involved in a scuffle that's not actively on the court are the coaches. Mm -hmm. So, and then, you know, with the, the, the random issues that the NBA has had in its history over violence, I do respect the fact that the NBA has managed to take it very seriously. Obviously, one of the most famous punches thrown, two of the most famous punches thrown, or thrown actually, ironically, one hit a legend and changed his whole career life, which is when Rudy Tomdanovich got punched by Kermit Washington back in the 70s. And another one mm. is when Kareem Abdul-Jabbar goggles mode Kareem Abdul-Jabbar I forgot who the goon was because, you know, that was the era of the, the 80s NBA goons. Like, you know, you had three power forwards on your team and one was elected to just come up in there and foul the big man who scored all the time. One of them was doing that, you know, Poop Piccadilly, cheap stuff to Kareem. And people forget Kareem was – he was MMA, MMA trained before MMA trained. trained with Bruce. Let's put it that way. So mm-hmm. his hands is deadly. He popped on, son. Oh, he popped on, son. Like, go look that up, y'all. When y'all get a chance, go look at Kareem Abdul-Jabbar – NBA fight. It's going to come right up, and once you see him in them tight-ass Lakers shorts, you're going to know you're watching the right clip. He popped the fool, So, incidents like that, they, you know, take very seriously. It affects the brand. It affects the image. It affects the opportunity for people to be casual fans and not want to have to deal with that type of nonsense. So, the NBA has taken, you know, very drastic measures to ensure that fighting is not a part of their of their brand. So, you're right, man. These billionaires don't want to fight, but they do want to fight. They do want to
0: fight. But they... they listen, they not... Carmelo they,
1: Anthony walking in the tunnel, man. He was a Nick when he did that. Show man, some respect. Man, you ain't trying to fight, man. Like oh, he said, wasn't man. trying to fight when he tried to walk up to the team bus and have a one-on-one with Kevin Garnett. He wasn't trying to fight? Listen,
0: listen. If you're trying to fight, first of all, if you want to fight somebody, you can fight somebody. Like, you're not going to... Nothing should stop you. Because like you said, if you're really, really... Against that person, why are you not fighting everybody that's in your way? If your rage is that much, I don't. There's nobody to tell me to chill. Like there's no timeouts. Like yeah. you know what I mean. But at some point, you got to real you got to really ask yourself. Like you know, these cats that's are just they—they they just not um, they—they not—they are not about their life, man. They are not goals. They made it out the hood. You know. Listen, so,
1: I listen. What, what, not about anybody's gangster but you know what let's get into that real quick so the perception online that I've gathered from a lot of people who have um had some time to be party to this and consider themselves to be you know fairly NBA listeners the whole idea is somehow Kat took a L from all this and Joel Embiid is the victor and a lot of that is the byproduct of what Joel Embiid on social media after the fact
0: yeah he's a troll so,
1: so. He's a troll, but what he did was beyond trolling. What he did on social media was beyond trolling. I don't know if you saw it. I, I'm pretty sure you did. But first, they engaged in a couple of posts where, you know, they spoke on their reflections of the, of the altercation, the snuggle fest.
0: Cat had his perspective,
1: and Joey, Joel and B had his, and he was basically letting it be known Joel and B, you know, I'm not a punk. I'm not for play. I grew up with lions and tigers, and you think I'm going to have a problem with a cat? And he tags Jimmy Butler, and he said, I even got his mom, meaning Kat, I even got his mom heckling me. And something along those lines to allude to the fact that, you know, Kat's time with Jimmy Butler wasn't the best of things. So then Kat responds on his social media page, and then Embiid goes to that post and makes a comment where he calls that man a vagina. And a couple other things that took place in that tweet. I've always said that I think Joel B is one of the top five talents in basketball since he's gotten healthy and been able to demonstrate it. But he's also too engaged in trying to be a wrestling heel. And it could be his downfall. He's got to get away from the clown behavior. He's got to. Because the last thing you need to be is the famous guy that everybody wants to hit. So... I'm hoping that the experiences that they both learn from this, because it's going to carry out until March 24th when they rematch, are going to show some growth on on both players' parts. Because that next game, the NBA is going to be watching. The referees are going to be cued to watch. And all of the ticky-tack stuff that led up to it, they're not going to allow it to happen. So it's going to be a testament to not only their ability to play the game, but their ability to think the game. So – I think it, I think it's done a, a good job of starting to build some of those early season dialogues that you need to have to remain engaged for the full season as an NBA fan. I I, I see the negatives to it, but I also see where it also, you know, it's going to bring some attraction to to the sport itself. So there's pros and cons, but um, I don't want to spend too
0: much time dwelling on it. We already gave him 15. What's next on the agenda? Uh, the next thing was transitioning to uh, we could talk about the um. The oh, Steph Curry's out for at least three months with uh, a broken season. three months of the season. Season, oh, no. <laughs> season. He's out for the season. I mean, yeah, it's possible. It's possible. Go ahead. You know what? Speak the headlines so that I can just speak. But, speak how I feel. Yeah, yeah. It. But he um, he broke his hand. Broke his left hand. Driving to the basket against Phoenix when they were already getting slaughtered. Um, and so unfortunately, the way the way their situation set up, Golden State situation set up. He got his hand broke when he's driving to the basket. He got fouled, uh, fell on his hand. So, <clears throat> uh, with that being said, he had surgery. Actually, um, he had surgery, and they said he's gonna be out at least three months. So, he's um, James Harden just went to the basket and jumped
1: with uh with the fro. Mm-hmm. He got knocked back like four feet while in midair lands, and <laughs> they just letting him play. It's a five point game, but yeah. Steph Curry, man, first and foremost, at no time do we ever want to see any player get injured, let alone a top five player in the league of a marquee attraction no matter what arena he steps into. I'm definitely sad for what it means for the fans in Golden State, fans of Steph Curry, and fans of the NBA because we're probably not going to see him for the rest of the season. Mm -hmm. I don't think the Golden State Warriors benefit at all from rushing him back or even if he comes back healthy by... Okay, what are we in? We're in the first week of November?
0: We're in the first day of November.
1: Really first three. day of no- Okay, so first day, first week. So you got November one month, December two months, January month three?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're talking February month. is month four, and that's the All-Star game. Yeah. So, and I think, yeah, at that point, if, if Golden State is lucky, they'll have Double digits wins, (laughs) you know what I'm saying? Um, I think that it's going to be a situation where, yeah, I would. If if this, if Golden State is getting cremated the way they've been getting getting crushed um, these last games, when when Steph did play, yeah, I really don't see them. What's the point at that? What's the point at coming back for All Star break for what? Because at that point, you might have guaranteed yourself a top. 20 pick or top 10 pick, so you know. um,
1: I do believe that regardless of how the um the league is quote unquote reformatted the lottery structure so that tanking doesn't really benefit anyone, I still don't think just from a health and wealth perspective as far as the um team that it benefits Golden State. Let's say, like you said, they're not at double-digit wins. By the All-Star break, they're pushing seven or eight. Because at the rate that they're at, they're losing four games for every one or something like that, right? Yeah, right. So, So if you multiply that out over and over again, that means that somewhere along, like, game number, by the time they have 16 losses, they might have four wins. And if you keep multiplying that 20 ratio out, they probably will be, you know, Eight and 40, type of shit. yeah. So it's so at that point, uh, I think you're pretty much in that 17% chance to get the top pick. Mm-hmm.
0: They could
1: they could bring him back, they could bring him back if the whole goal is to develop continuity and get that roster in a place where they feel like they know exactly who they want to bring back, they know who can work within the system, who can actually fit along. Steph Curry. They have a D'Angelo Russell plan in place. They're going to have to figure some things out. Clay is probably
0: – did they say – did they rule him out for the year? Well, I mean – they officially rule him out?
1: I, they rule them out for pretty much
0: the year. Yeah, right? I, th- I think the earliest was the all-star break, but I think from all of this stuff that's happening right now, what's the point of bringing him back? You can say you don't have no chance of making the playoffs because the way the West is set up, if if you go into the All Star break, this is going to the All Star break playoffs. That's what I'm playoffs. <laughs> you talking about playoffs? <laughs> Not the game. <laughs> nah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we talking about the game. The, the sad part about it is, it to, for them, it wouldn't make any sense. I mean, what's the point? You coming back from a you know a severe injury of that nature, you know, just continue to rehab and start to start the following season, the twenty twenty one season with everybody that... um, I I disagree. I disagree. I think... think,
1: Okay, again, and it's going to sound really cheap of me, but there's this thing called the Hall of Fame that allows you to get in by accumulating stats. And one of the easiest ways to accumulate empty stats is in a lost season. And if the goal is to make sure that you're going to be ready for next year... How much idle do you want to sit not playing basketball? Look at the impact of guys who do, like, year-long, out-for-the-year injuries and how long it takes them to get their legs underneath them. Now, I'm not advocating they rush back. Steph Curry doesn't have a leg-related injury, so I don't think fitness is really going to be an issue for him. Clay Thompson does. Kevin Looney, I don't know if they've even actually gotten to the official root of what they think is going on with him. And what's Carly Stein's injury?
0: Uh, He he actually played the last... um... He played in that debacle where Steph got hurt. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Oh, that. They, oh, that cooked. Because I was, I was trying to hold out hope that, uh, that maybe, adding a center, who actually knew what he was doing down low and could rebound and intimidate, you know, offensive players, might give them some semblance of being able to compete. But they were getting blown out of the galaxy with him on the court. So damn. But I mean, right.
0: even I mean, he's not an offensive threat. So like I said, without, okay. Let me actually, let me say this. Okay, this this right here, this time without Steph in them is really going to show. Like I said, I think I think Draymond is not an offensive threat, but if he had any any offensive game to really show, this is the time to show it because he's going to be the number two option just because of who's there. You know, I mean, you can't expect. You know, Jordan Poole or Glenn Robinson III to automatically give you impressive numbers, you know? Yeah, but D-Lo, D-Lo is set to lead the league in scoring, and I'm all for it. D-Lo, go out there and take
1: every shot you want, bro.
0: I know, but just I'm like saying, you
1: used to do in Brooklyn.
0: But somebody has to take other shots too. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, he, can't take, have all those. He can't take 80 shots. You know what I mean? Well,
1: this D-Lo we're talking about, he can take 80 shots. Nah, he's and arm fall and, he off. Can, and he can snitch on his coworkers while doing it. So, I don't put nothing past d That man got ice in his veins. So I don't think his arms will feel any fatigue. Wow. He never saw a shot he didn't like. Absolutely. So I, I, can't, I can't imagine him turning them down knowing that he's got he's got the green light that's equivalent to the ringer on the, on the sixth grade team. He's got that level of it don't matter what everybody else is doing. Shoot, bro.
0: It's got to be that. It's got to it's be that. It's but gotta still, be that either game. way, even if you shoot – all right, even if he puts up – let's say, for instance, Golden State, they, they try to play at a fast pace. Say, for instance, they put up 70 – let's say, for instance, they put up 80 shots a game, which is kind of a low end, right? They mm-hmm. put up 80 shots a game. Even if he puts up 25 of those – He's getting 30 shots a okay, game, though. Okay, all right, 30. You still got 50 – you still got 60 more people – I mean, 60 more field goal attempts from the rest of your team. Who they running? all going to miss. Uh, okay, so you tell... Their field goal, the so, Golden thing so you percentage me. is
1: going to be equivalent to whatever DeAngelo... Listen, ah, he's going to ah, take ah. such a proportion of shots Yo. that I promise you, his field goal percentage, his actual his field goal percentage will not be more than 25
0: percentage points off of what the team shoots. Yo, he is going to be... That's going to be something else. Like, if you ever played...
1: A video game and you just decided to cheese somebody with one player. That's what D'Angelo Russell gets to do for this entire year. Let's not let's not lie about the facts. Golden State brought him there to showcase him to possibly do what? Flip him, right? Yeah. What better opportunity to showcase what he's <laughs> capable of by giving him the unlimited green light with the contra cheat code?
0: Yo, so they're gonna set they gotta set up. Seven hundred pick and rolls the entire. He ran nine
1: hundred and eleven last
0: year. Oh, he's gonna be a thousand this year then, you trying to tell me. Well, Steve Kerr really hates the pick and roll. It's only like
1: involved in his offense because it's like a of like a what you you like a tree branch of, of, of uh-huh. some of the sets he runs? It's not something that's a directive. Like you don't see the Warriors come down immediately, the big man comes to the top of the key and Steph Curry gets to dissect them. They do step-up screens. They do a whole bunch of other things that are close to pick-and-roll action, but they do not specifically harp on the pick-and-roll. I think Steve Kerr kind of brought that mentality with them because the only time the pick-and-roll occurred in the triangle was as, like, a rotation. So it's going to be funny to see how they schematic. Like, Steve Kerr, honestly, like, if you're not feeling good right now, bro, take the year off, too. You, you know, it's knowing you've had back problems or, you know, health issues or whatever the case may be. Cash out, man. Cash out. Let, let Mike Brown run the season. Mike Brown only has two plays in his offensive playbook anyway. Give it to the best player and get out the way and run a pick and roll. That's the D'Angelo Russell offense. Let it happen. The only people that I really feel sorry for is all those people who banked all that money on the Chase Center home games. Those mm-hmm. Golden State Warrior fans, th-
0: this is like, this is a Cleveland Brown season for y'all. Yeah, that's, 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 that's the crazy part about it is that they're in that new arena. If people are going spend all that money... Um, Billions.
1: It's a billion-dollar arena.
0: Yeah, and they got nothing to. Sh- they're going to have. They're going to have... They're going to be in their worst-case scenario. Which you could they're going to be thought.
1: borderline unwatchable. Yeah. Right. And, And that's not to slight, you know, the fact that they do have NBA players on their roster. I'm not trying to take anything away from the guys that fought hard put all that blood, sweat, and tears to be in the NBA and have the opportunity and blessing to play for the Golden State Warriors. I'm not trying to say, but just being realistic, unless these guys play out of their minds and suddenly show a skill level that nobody who ever saw them play before has seen, they're already non-competitive with those guys there, and now those guys are going to get more minutes. So the same guys that were getting you blown out by 30 are going to get even more minutes than they were getting when Steph got hurt. And that's the big problem. Golden State's defense suffered tremendously. They were still scoring a lot of points, but they couldn't stop anything, anything, anything. Like, I'm, I'm serious. Like, it almost got to a point where their defense was like, you could put two small people because, you know, saying the, the M word is no longer politically correct. You could put two small people out there and run a pick and roll with their big and their best defender and you still going to get a layup. Like, they weren't stopping anything. I don't even know if they were allowed to play defense the way they were out there, just haphazardly letting teams score. So, yeah, Golden State, it looks like y'all bracing for your, for your opportunity to draft that kid Wiseman, who's projected to be number one in the draft. He plays for Memphis. He was, you know, Penny Hardaway was his high school basketball coach. He gets the Memphis job, and he brings the kid Wiseman with him. So, yeah. Golden State, they, they would definitely benefit from drafting a big man on the cheap. A franchise big man with all the players that they already have in place on the tail ends of their prime, they, they're going to bounce back quickly. Their, their draft pick for next year is top 20 protected, and that's why, again, like you said, there's no incentive to rush anybody back. You get to hold on to that pick, and if you hold on to that pick, it becomes a second rounder in 2025 that you are obligated to give Brooklyn. What do you think is about to happen? Everything, mm-hmm. all the cards are in place for, for Golden State to just say, you know what? Cuff it. We just go and let the chips fall where they may and we'll see y'all in 2020. Next topic though, let's, let's you know.
0: Yeah, uh, we can talk about, what do you think about the, um? Katie was on, uh, they had, the, Katie interviewed, they aired Katie interviewing uh, being part of the boardroom. He has Stephen A. Smith on the boardroom, that was an ESPN Plus. Uh the boardroom is KD's um his his TV show or that he has that he's in you know he's running. But KD the following day after they aired it, he appeared on ESPN's first take. And he had pretty much he had a a a lot to say. Basically he was saying that he wasn't gonna be playing this year. Um the fact that the thing about it was the fact that the argument that he had with Draymond Green during the season it definitely affected his um, decision to go ahead and leave Golden State. Uh, he talked about um, they asked him about Kyrie and if Kyrie's like you know when he sometimes go Kyrie goes into his zones and or his mood swings. How does he feel about that? And I think he he talked about those things and he talked about um, how being the best player is not necessarily the um, necessarily the goal. The goal is just to be the best player he can be. Um, and if that, you know, when he's all said and done, if that puts him against the top, against one, some of the best in the world, the best to ever do it, so be it. You know, but his goal is to get become the best player he can be and not worry about what a lot of fans worry about. So, um, yeah, what's your take on – I mean, were you able to listen to what he said on espn's first take or you didn't have you didn't you didn't know about it i got the summary of it um mm-hmm. listening to kd
1: talk it has a direct impact on my nausea <laughs> he, he he tends to make me really really sick like i'm i'm sorry kd is one of the greatest talents of this current basketball generation he's going to be an all-time great but he don't got it all up there. He really don't. He got some issues and they rear their ugly head with the things that he does that just, as a person who, the type of education that we got, my brother, is so, it's so fundamentally built on sense. Am I lying? Like, what makes sense is typically what's in front of you. You look at the facts, how they're presented, and if somebody is doing something that doesn't go along with that narrative, something is awry. Kevin Durant's biggest problem is what? What is his biggest problem? Not as a basketball player, just as a human being when it comes to him being famous. What is his biggest problem? What is he always upset about?
0: The media. People, people talking. People, other people have to say. Okay, so let's park that thought.
1: Agreed. Everybody knows Kevin Durant's biggest problem is media portrayal, media interaction, what they
0: choose to cover, how they report it, so on and so forth. And, and what, what, really what people say, because he gives time to people on the, trolls on the internet. He gives okay. him time. So.
1: We're going we're to get, get to that. Okay, okay. So now, now we're building a nice little case. So he's got a problem with the media and primarily with how he's treated and he's quick to respond to everything established. Mm-hmm. You just said Kevin, Gardner, Kevin Durant has what? He has his own what?
0: His, his own um, platform. His, the board has his own
1: platform called Boardroom.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And the Boardroom is hosted to play on what TV? Station
0: ESPN Plus. Okay, the streaming service. ESPN,
1: ESPN Plus is owned by who? Yes, uh, Disney. Yeah. And 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 Disney, you you, it's safe to say, is a media company, right? Mm, oh yeah yeah yeah. So, Mister Kevin Durant, who has a problem with the media, signs a deal to do a show to be distributed by
0: who? The media. But remember, what he's trying to do in his defense is. He's trying to control the narrative instead of letting re- writers and sports reporters that have nothing and know nothing about him dictate what's put out there. He's trying that, to. That, it. that sounds great,
1: but if an episode is going to air on the boardroom, who has to green light it? Oh, no, no. Who gets the final say? Who gets the final say? Let's uh, say it for the fans.
0: Mm-hmm, it's the Not Kevin company. Durant,
1: right? The media media company company, right Mm -hmm. So you're taking your ability to quote unquote Shift the narrative and give the control Back to the same very people You claim to have a problem with Have several seats And have them all at once While you lay up for a year trying to figure Out how to shut up when you need to Shut up six months ago You were asked This altercation with Draymond Green Will it affect your decision in free Agency what did you say Kevin Durant no Six months later, what are we talking about? It affected my decision. You're a liar. You're a
0: liar. And I'm sick of it.
1: I mean, it's annoying.
0: He, he's got annoying. There's no point. it's a, no a, point. In his, well, in a lie. Defense, in his defense, you don't have to let everything out of the bag. What, at okay. Because remember, okay. He still gotta, Again. he's still got to win a third straight
1: championship. So he's- Okay. But what does that have to do with answering the question correctly? There's a choice between lying and not telling everything that needs to be said. This man is mad about how he's portrayed by the media and he's got the common sense of a grapefruit when it's time to answer a question. Kevin,
0: will this situation...
1: No, listen to me. Hear me out. Kevin. (laughs) Kevin. Kevin, Yeah, You know what? We need this energy. Kevin, (laughs) will this altercation affect your decision in free agency? Well, Bob, I'm going to take into account everything to make my decision, which I have not made. Next question, is that any different? Is that any way avoiding the question? No, he said, nah, it's not. That is a lie. You're a role model. You're teaching kids to behave like you. Lie to the media on Tuesday and then come back six months later and say, oh, I was lying. This is the cycle that we keep enabling our young African-American athletes to do, and it's wrong. It's wrong. You do not have to be a liar to be smart. You didn't outsmart anybody. You didn't change how many times you got asked the question after. You didn't change the media speculation that it was going to affect you. None of those things changed because you said nah. All it did was establish that you're capable of not telling the truth. I can look you straight in your face, ask you a question, expect for you to give me some type of reasonable answer that's not a deviation from the truth, and you can't do it.
0: I can't rock with that. I will not. not. But you gotta. Okay, 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 okay. This, this, it, you said a lot, right? But it's a lot to you. Got to look at it like this. During the yeah, time, I'm not looking at it no other way. You, I'm good, bro. You got to remember, look at it like this. He's trying to win a third straight championship. You every time you ask him about is he moving? The rumors is you leaving? this thing? Yo, that's not why you focus on the wrong thing. You need to focus on what I can do this season to get my team with. Who cares about what I do in six months? Because we all seen Kevin Durant, and not just Kevin Durant, but people in general. People sometimes information changes your way of thinking. You might have been thinking one thing one way, but then as time goes by or different information you get, it makes you shift and switch. So you're asking me about it's what? that, That thing happened. It happened in like, you know, October or or what? November, December. You're asking okay, about okay, something Okay, okay, like, okay, okay, okay. Stop, stop, stop,
1: stop. C. Grant, please make what he said not a lie.
0: What I'm saying? You're saying that. You're saying that.
1: So, you're saying that based on your logic, when he said, when he answered that question the first time it was asked, that he was telling the truth, but seasons change, people change, cue up the music.
0: Well, what and coming into the season, what, what, it what, did. What do, what do you get out of it if you look at uh, I don't have to tell you. Who, who, who are you in media that I, that I owe that I owe you that?
1: I don't know. You you did you did this ridiculous thing called signing an NBA contract, which requires you to be available to the media and answer questions to the best of your ability, without lying. that's your obligation. You sign paperwork to
0: do that. It's
1: a fact. what you mean? But he. Wait. You talk.
0: What? Wait. And he also can say,
1: and he can say no comment. He could say no comment. You don't have to lie. There's so many other options than saying what's not true, bro. And we let so many
0: different athletes and so many different genres of sports get away with it. So, but okay, if you if you know that they're lying, why do you keep asking them questions you know they're lying about? when you say
1: you, are you saying it like the media? Cause listen, yes. I mean, I'm sorry to say it. As a person who's been a, been a long time, a long time part of the media in smaller and larger increments in regards to the publications and organizations that I work for, the media is, is one of the most important vehicles in society, period. The media is the one who will go and pursue the truth. That's what they do. That's what those hardworking
0: reporters wake well, up not, and do. Not, but not everybody, because a, a lot of, a lot well, let me say this, a fair amount. I don't know the statistical numbers, but there are a good amount of media members That are looking for the clickbait And looking for the ratings And looking for the clicks And the likes They're not necessarily looking Okay And it's always been
1: that way It's always been that way But that's my point But that question is not sensationalism That question is Yo, I just saw you get cursed out Called a bitch Told to leave three times And I want to know For the audience that reads about you If that's something that's going to affect you Yes or no Nah,
0: bro but, but But you're asking somebody At the heat of the moment Man, you, you don't think so? You don't think people said stuff to you at the heat of the moment that you was like, damn, I'm gonna give him a pass? Uh,
1: listen, I'm you put me in that situation. Saying, you
0: asked me that question. I'm different, I'm cut different. You but know that I, that's but, why we bro, here, but again, again, for somebody that is you being every no matter what he says, it's going to be spun a certain way. So, if you okay, so, so then so, why not say the truth and not have because to the worry truth? About but, it because why? Back can't, to haunt you But how is that haunting him? He lied, bro. He but, lied. okay, but, 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 listen, word? word. You take but, him for what, his word. But prior to this free agency thing, I already had my perception on what I thought he was going to do. Right. And, that, and now, that now you're didn't feeding. Change.
1: Uh, okay. That had okay. changed.
0: So, so, him having that issue with, with Draymond Green, in my opinion, that just added more fuel to the fire.
1: Listen, that behind is, the scenes, behind the scenes, real estate brokers in New York we're making it known that kevin durant was shopping for property if you know people that's my point in, the, in in the world so we all knew that there so was a sentiment okay but th- now here we go with the assumption junction we all knew kevin durant was going to leave so what difference did it make what he said exactly all right so bro.
0: why so why so why do i care about what that he didn't He didn't tell me. I'm not saying you
1: care. I'm not saying you care. I'm not asking anybody anybody,
0: why would anybody care that much, especially being that he ain't going to your team and he ain't leaving your team? It's his prerogative because, right? It's okay, that's his purpose. Like, so if he says, I'm talking about a
1: fundamental aspect of human behavior that I think is very important for these people who are quote unquote considered role models, like. I know you see it. But the way what you happens see if it. he don't
0: think it, but what happens if he don't think of it that deep the way you're thinking into it? That's his job, though. That's what he signed but, up to. No, no, no. For. His job is to play, but he signed up to play basketball. He signed up and, to play basketball to to... for the National Basketball
1: Association. Exactly. The first yes. or second biggest sports league in the world.
0: You can't walk away from that. Charles Barkley tried exactly. it 25 years and, ago. But, that, and but it that, blew up the, in his but, face. But I am not a role about model. Yeah, but he's st- he's still one of the hottest sports people out there. Agreed, because of so his talent on the court. But how, how did that blow up in his face? Because Kevin Durant is the least respected big
1: name athlete in the culture. Everybody Ooh, is afraid what, of Kevin Durant, the
0: basketball player. Kevin Durant, yeah. the person. Everybody in the world calls him a bitch. Yo, but it ain't about it. But yo, but that's but that's to me that's weird because. If, if I'm, a ba- I'm a basketball fan and I'm watching him as a basketball fan, what he does personally, and we know stories of hundreds of athletes that do personally things that we don't rock with, but on the court or on the field, we would rock with them. So why is that any different? He provides a service that he provides a service, a form of entertainment that we watch. What he does personally I can't control, I can't even control ha, ha, what he does on the have court. I, have, have
1: I named anything that was personal? I think I just spoke you, about you something said, in relationship you, to his professional basketball career. But would you, he was would asked you, a question about his future prospects
0: but in would you, the but profession you, that he
1: plays. This wasn't
0: you, yo, what you gonna have for dinner, bro? You, but no, do asked him, But you asked him, you just said that on the court, he's one of the most respected. And off the court, he's looked at as a big. Right,
1: right. When I, when, so I say, when, I say, when I say off the court, when I say off the court, I'm saying his behavior in relationship to him as a basketball player in the career that he has, he has been called by every media outlet. L- listen, Skip Bayless, you can go back and type Skip Bayless, Kevin Durant, and you're going to hear him say, Kevin Durant is the most thin-skinned athlete he's ever covered in his life. Skip Bayless is twice our age. You get what I'm trying to say? Like, there are there there are so many people who acknowledge, understand, deal with it and move on from it. The fact that Kevin Durant is one of the most overly sensitive people about his profession that has probably ever been exhibited in this era of social media. This is a guy
0: who had a burner account to respond to random fans so if you know that then why do you why do you whatever he says why do you hold it because the whole idea is the whole idea is is as athletes we watch them
1: transition and grow as people evolve learn from their mistakes and mature kevin durant you're making the same mistakes now at 30 years old or going on 32 that you made when you were 24 25 and 26 like don't forget that we caught your myspace page
0: yeah, but he's moved on from that. Like, right? He's, okay, I, he's, he's moved on from what? He's moved on from what? But he's he moved on, on from ki- from caring what other people say. Obviously, no, okay. no I'm saying this. No, 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 no. He does care what people say. So let me take that back. But he's moved on from this fact of, I'm going to like, and like tell you whatever you want to hear. He's moved on from that. Like he's because remember when Kevin Durant first kind of came out, he was relatively quiet. He was kind of reserved. He wasn't that talker the way he is now. Mm-hmm. Now he's got his championships and got what he's won. He's like, yo, I'm, I'm letting everybody kind of really into my world of how I view things. Like I said, and, and as crazy, as convoluted as it is, that's what you see. I see that's all you see is Kevin Durant making decisions that we might question, but he don't care. Because it's none of none of our opinions is affecting his bottom line. Because people are still going to tune in to watch him. If he plays basketball, people are still going to subscribe to this ESPN Plus and hear what mm-hmm. he got to say. People are still going to click on YouTube and look at – They're still checking for him. So if not so much of not, de- he, not debating that.
1: I'm just saying, with, with all that he's accumulated over time, with his ability to, quote, unquote, like you said, spin his narrative, and, again, what is he doing when he's spinning his narrative? He's selling himself to us, right? hmm I'm advising – that the first step in actually making yourself a sellable quantity to spin it so that you actually wind up being one of those people where you're curating test positive, which means that you're favorable to the general public, because there's a lot of people who are popular, but not favorable to the general public, which is what you want to be. But so you don't think he's favorable to the general public? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. That's Come awful. on. How, how is it that they, if you look up Kevin Durant and the word funny, you know what comes up? Him having to take place in one of the most cringeworthy set up roasts ever in, in, in an award show history. Remember when he got burnt by Peyton Manning at the ESPN Awards? No. Peyton, I mean, Manning went, Peyton Manning went on a minute and a half run and they kept the cameras focused on Kevin Durant. And Kevin Garnett, I mean, Kevin Durant was, quote unquote, in on the roasting of how Peyton Manning Tore him apart for the way he chose to leave the Oklahoma City Thunder to go to the Warriors. I'm telling you, look it up. And 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 this is and this is what I'm saying. There's a lot of things that okay, like for instance, and this is probably not going to be fair to do it because I'm a Lakers fan. C- Kobe Bryant has a lot of red X's on his on his letter on, on his gender. He does,
0: of of course, and that's I was. But know, what you said he's
1: it I was... done, but what he did was he came to a point where hey i've got to do what i gotta do so that the mamba mentality is actually something that can be branded and redistributed i've got to make myself somebody that the parents trust and what i'm trying to say is if kevin durant continues on the trajectory that he's on and that he's been on he's gonna lose that but Nobody how do you know
0: that he won't change it I mean, how do you know? Because that changed his number to a different number. Same way Kobe changed his number to a different number. You know right what? You know what? you know what? Maybe, maybe the whole admission
1: that, yeah, what I said about six months ago. That but that's not what he a, said. But what, that what, what, could be a step in that right direction. But and that's if, what I'm what? Saying, it's so, bless that man. If so, you got to give him
0: time to play it out because he's still, for one, now. if he's, we'll see what happens. Because now he's got a lot more time than he's ever had in his career to be to be at home to be on the internet to just be yeah if i get not- if we if we get a kevin durant comment on this
1: podcast
0: like i'm going shopping yo but, I'm, but I'm, what i'm saying is so you and you and you would appreciate it what i'm retweeting it everywhere and i ain't even on twitter it.
1: i'll open a twitter just to be like yeah kevin durant why you was why you was waxing your achilles <laughs> You was thinking about me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he was waxing. What?
0: You, know, you got yeah, to do all types oh, of Wow, Jason Tatum just hit the possible. Yo, there's game. a time
1: delay. There's a time delay, bro. I've been saw him make that three. And what? then they just made threw the made ball a away.
0: Yeah, they just threw the ball away.
1: Yeah, uh, Jason Tatum made a corner three. That was in th- the Knicks. Next...
0: Wait a second. That wasn't a three. That was a, I thought it was a two pointer. All right, what
1: I mean, I mean, I mean he away. was tied at 102, and he Fave hit a fadeaway away
0: three. way, though. Damn. Knicks lose at the buzzer again, right? Yes, yeah, son. That's what I'm, but that's the see, that's the thing. That's the fight of the Knicks, man. That's the fight of the Knicks. That's what I'm saying. This team is gonna win a lot more games than we expect because when you see this at the schedule, I mean, granted, it counts as a loss, but you see how they fight. Now, like I said, I think um what you call uh Fizdale's still gonna be he was on the line. It was I mean either way, two point or not, it's still it's still Two point, three point, or whatever. His foot. Man, what, well,
1: I think oh. I found. I think I found the audio for the next. Yeah,
0: intro. yeah. No, mm. wow. see. Oh, any, <laughs> any way to stand the Knicks, yo? How you talking about you a Knicks supporter? <laughs> yo, how you how you talk about you a Knicks supporter when you do whatever you can to shade the Knicks?
1: No, I do whatever I can you to torture are, you,
0: yo. You are a Knicks
1: shader. Cause I know you gotta play that audio before you load it, just to make sure wow. everything's Gucci. So I know when you hear it and like you visibly can see it. This is what we You watched doing. it live,
0: yo. This is what we doing. Uh, so, yo, so, you right, so, way, so you know what?
1: So you know what? You to you got to snatch the mix down duties just so that you can pay me back.
0: I mean, no, nah, that, nah, See, exactly, exactly, so exactly. I mean, that. no, no. We, we, I mean, we we'll can figure, <laughs> we'll figure that out later. But for now, it's all good. Like I said, yeah, man. I, listen, man, my next. It's a it's a hard it's a hard lost hard pill to swallow. Markeith Morris Listen, hit the I'm big proud time of what three. Saw, I'm proud the, of what I Knicks saw. The Knicks got fight. The problem with the Knicks, there's a lot of problems with the Knicks, right? But one thing is, I mean, obviously, the one thing we didn't say about the Knicks was, um, and God, you know, rest in peace, condolences to Dennis Smith Jr. who lost his uh, step step moms who kind of pretty much like raised them. Yeah, um, and and um. My man... What's my man's name? Oh, I forgot his name. Ah, the dude... What's the shooter's name that they just got? Oh, Reggie Bullock. Wait, Reggie Reggie Bullock. His... uh, Another one of his sisters. This is his second sister that actually passed away. Unrelated stuff, but the fact that you lose... Since you've been an NBA player, you lost two sisters. Well, Uh, let's revisit the Reggie Bullock situation. He lost his first sister who was a transgender.
1: And the person who they prosecuted, they found... His sister's DNA, they found in her fingernails the person that they tried for its DNA. He somehow got acquitted. So, Reggie Bullock has a long standing situation back home where he's from because that's where he lost both of his sisters. I think, I don't want to say the wrong state, so I'm not even going to speculate. Yeah. But the area where they're all from, he already has a long standing issue and resentment against law enforcement and the court system there for what took place with that. So, when he lost his sister again, he tweeted out, we need to go at least one for two in this situation. And that hurt my heart. That really did hurt my heart. And I do feel for Reggie Bullock, you know? He has yet to touch the floor because I think he had back surgery. And mm-hmm. that's the reason why, why he has yet to be a part of what the Knicks are doing. I think, based off of what I'm seeing, the Knicks are playing defense. They just lost 102 to
0: 105.
1: In this era of basketball. They ruled it 104
0: to two. They ruled it, they ruled it okay. as a 2 point. This guy, man. Like,
1: Okay. Right, okay, man, that, might, that might come
0: back. Hey, we we've seen situations where the play some teams have been tied to meet the playoffs, but they oh back point to the differential, points. point differential. So let's you know let's play you know what I you, mean. You're just gonna, gonna chug out every possible
1: computation. You know what? I I agree. You are way beyond my level of 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 love for I'm the just Knicks, saying, man. I'm, listen, man, of course. Listen, I'm a I mean, you fan. are, you, you are, you, you are Lima being in a time machine theory wow. making type
0: of Yo, situation I, over you here. You ain't got to hate on the Knicks, man. You ain't got to hate on them, man. They're work in progress, man. When your when your Lakers was having one of the worst stretches in NBA history, I was, I was just. We ain't have you. no podcast though, but you would just I, remind me. Yeah, yeah, of course. I, I might not hear from
1: you for six months, but I would get a random, you know. Picture text. of, of, of a, or yeah, a text like, yeah, how about them? <laughs> Mind you, at the same time, it's not like the Knicks was doing really any much better. So that's why I never really gave you much <laughs> light. Cause it's like, all I'm gonna do is well, like just... take the same screwdriver you stabbed me with and give it back to you. Cause somebody just, I definitely know that you got stabbed and then you just like, Yo, let me pass it down the line. Where Alex at? Let me hit him up. Oh,
0: it's all good. Like I said, it's one of those situations. That's the nature. That's the,
1: that's the nature of friends in basketball and them having bad teams. Like my brother Willie, um, and this is off off of basketball level. But anything happened with the Eagles, I can't talk to him. I can't. Like, he's irrational. And I'm starting to see that irrational nature in you when it comes to the Knicks. Like, you really just said point differential might be how the Knicks get into the playoffs. Yo, you're going to have to. Man, huh? nah, now I'm challenging you. Now I challenge you by the next episode to produce an instance where NBA team got in over point differential. Cause well, like not, to know back when in the back,
0: back in the day, it was, if I'm not mistaken, it was the Pacers and the. Um, that was guys Pacers. ready with a fun fact. Yo, yo. I love this. I rem- Damn, I remember it as a key because I was like, "What the heck is this about?" I think it was. I want to say it was the Pacers and like the Pistons or so, or the Bucks, somebody like that. And this was back in like the late '90s, early 2000s. Yeah, back they had when identi- back
1: when the, the East Central was was craziness. You had the yeah, Bulls, Pacers,
0: the, and they had the identical records but they had identical records, and then they had to go to, like, point differential. They were both, like, they were tied. The series was tied. Because they played each other four times. I think that's back when the NBA, you know, yeah, teams still, still played each other four times. But um, only within the
1: division. Well, the weird,
0: so, and that's what I'm saying. Everything was, like, equal. So the division, head-to-head was tied up. Um, then they had to go to, like, the point differential between the head, the head and the head. You know what I mean? And it was like, yo... They, they, I think the Pacers ended up getting in by like maybe like one or two points. And I was mm-hmm. like – and I always remember that because I'm like, yo, that's crazy. I thought they would have like a playoff to see who gets in. And I was like, nah, they got to go to the point differential for – But did they just have a playoff to get in when Portland and um, – or was it just well, the it last might, game of the season? I think it was the last game of the season where that meant so much. But even, even if they – but I'm talking about this was early – you know, like early 90s, was, yeah, early 90s, or so the rules might have changed to that too. But I think when they did that last year, was was uh, based off of this is the last game in the winner, whoever wins this game gets in, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, which was, you know, that's that's why you see if you notice the NBA starting to do what the NFL does, it's like Yo, you play your division opponent within the last few games of the season, that way you're not playing a wasted game, every game right. matters, and they're trying to break the schedule like that so that way you're always locked in. And you, cannot you, keep, say- you, keep,
1: yeah, you keep the engagement level and the value of the games
0: mm-hmm.
1: at an all-time high. And again, a lot of that is driven by now the fact that the NBA has allowed for um, gambling to take place in open spe- sports books. So, you know, there used to be dead months of the season. Yeah. And, and what they've done is, you know, tactically er- eradicate them. So even though the benefit is something that, we don't really engage in, which is gambling. Sometimes, you know, outside forces create a better product. So, you know, I'm all for it. I'm all for properly sca- stacking the schedule so that things make sense, especially towards the the, the crunch time part of the season.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So yeah, when you're getting into that April, April level of the season, I do want to see those hotly contested division races and race for the eighth seeds against interconference rivals, Like, you know, like, I almost think that, like, you should not – if you're in the Western Conference, you should not have Eastern Conference opponents in April, you know, and vice Mm -hmm. versa. Like, Mm -hmm. everything you do in that last month of the season has got to be in-house because in the conference you you play each opponent at least three times, and in your division you play at least four times. And then you go out and you play everybody in the East at least twice, and that makes up your schedule. And what is that, 15 times 2, 30 Because it's like 15 teams per conference. I'm just doing rough math. So 30 of your Mm -hmm. games are already cross-conferences. And then the remaining 50, the bulk of your schedule, is pretty much on your side of the coast. Those games should be properly spread out. So, you know, it shouldn't be game 81 of the season and San Antonio and Miami are playing. Yeah, that's a great game for Christmas because they have a finals history. But let's not close out the season that way. Exactly, and I'm glad, and I'm glad that the NBA is doing
0: something to address that. Um, do we have any other topics that you want to try and broach, or are we? Uh, I, I was just going to say, um, big shout out to Kendrick um, Nunn from the the guard. Oh yeah, best we got to N- Let's, let's take give him NBA a quick by... seven minutes. Let's give him a quick seven minutes. Just been taking NBA by storm. storm. Uh, he's an undrafted. Well, actually, he, he is undrafted. He's technically a rookie now, even though he played in the G League last year but he was undrafted from Oakland. Uh, he actually teammates with Jabari Parker. So, goes, goes to show in, the high school teammates. In Chicago. In Chicago. It, I think it was Simeon is the um, high mm-hmm. school they went to? Powerhouse, Powerhouse Basketball Factory in Chicago. Simeon. Yep. So, yeah. So, so, that's the thing. And his career obviously didn't go the same way Jabari Parker went. Jabari Parker went to Duke. He went to... Uh, originally, he went to Illinois. And Did you know... Some, he had some issues in Illinois so mm-hmm. he ended up going to Oakland mm-hmm. yeah, um and then he went he was actually undrafted When he played in the G League came off the bench in the G League for the for the Golden State Warriors affiliate which
1: the I'm San sure. Francisco 49ers or whatever they call something like
0: that yeah it's like the, it's like the uh I think it's like the, the, the San the Francisco Bay. Warriors or something like that or Santa yeah. Cruz Santa Cruz Warriors yeah Santa Cruz you got but it what what I'm saying is the way he's putting up, he's averaging over 21 points a game. Mm-hmm. I'm sure the, the, the Warriors is like, yo, how we let this dude slip through the farm system? Mm. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Because they need him. Mm. You know what I mean? And he's so, putting up numbers. He's starting. So, Did he, you know he
1: led the NCAA in three-pointers made per game? I think it was in 2015 or 16, 17, somewhere in his career at his time at Oakland. He led the NCAA in three-pointers made per game. Mm. there was already a precursor that he was going to be capable of being something on the NBA stage. Because remember, what do we say? The baseline skill you need more than anything shooting. Yeah. Shooters always find their way into the NBA. I mean, you could be borderline one leg working. If you can get down the court and we can get you open, come on and try out because a gun is a gun is a gun is a gun is a gun. But that being said, he definitely used that time that he had where he wasn't in the NBA to develop all those supplementary skills that have made him really, really dangerous in Miami. And shout-out to Eric Spolstra for finally figuring out how to deploy somebody. I think you just kind of gave him all of the Dragic sets, you mm-hmm. know, because it's not difficult to run the same plays for him that you ran for Dragic. They're both left-handed, both left-handed players who are really good going downhill, and they, they score well off spot-ups. And he actually integrated that first game where Jimmy Butler returned, where Butler came back had 25, and I think even he had 25, and he got mm-hmm. the same amount of shots. So yeah. it looks like Miami might have found their way to solidify themselves being a you know a stone cold playoff threat for the remainder of the season based yeah, on the roster
0: that they're assembling. Yeah, because technically they're four on one right now, which is the two seed in Eastern Conference. Yeah, I don't even want to get into projections. Mm-hmm. Because, I, you know, I mean, I mean, yeah, yeah, I mean, we did the projections for them, but this is how you always got to tip your hat to players playing because, mm-hmm. yes, if you look at the roster, you're saying, oh, they don't have this guy, they don't have this guy, they don't have a star player, but guys step up in the in the lifetime of the opportunity to making the most of it. And because- there was
1: nothing we could do to account for this fellow. One, he wasn't. He wasn't on their roster, to our knowledge. Or we may have mentioned him. You know what? No, we, we
0: mentioned yeah, – I think, I think we I mentioned him. I just think
1: – I think it was like, yo, who was this guy? I think we gave one of those. And, wow, we're eating crow right now because this guy is somebody that everybody is probably getting scouting reports on when they're, he is an upcoming opponent. He's looked very good. He distributes the ball pretty well for an uh, actual non-point guard, playing point guard because he was more of a scorer in college and as well in mm-hmm. high school. So – the fact that the Miami Heat seemed to be able to make anybody be able to be a playmaker, I got to give Eric Sposter some credit because I didn't know James Johnson could play point forward until he let him do it. You know?
0: Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And he's done that
1: with with a lot of different guys in those heat alignments. Like, Justice Winslow, remember, when he was um, on Duke, he was a scorer. And then he comes Mm. to the league. Now, obviously, he didn't have the same skill set to become a true NBA scorer, but we didn't know he had the playmaking ability that he had.
0: So... Yo, this Miami... cat, Go ahead. No, this cat is shooting. He's averaging twenty-two points a game, mm-hmm. uh, on fifty-one percent field goal shooting and forty-eight percent from three. He's shooting so about he's, six. He's shooting he's Jeremy about six Lennon. a game, though. He's, he's shooting about six Lennon. a game. That's no surprise. But he is also what I've noticed, and when I watched him, this dude, you know, the floaters a big uh, is a big thing in the NBA now, right? You drive mm-hmm. into the basketball. But it's he's a go-to shoot- weapon. Everybody yeah. has it. He's shooting the floater with both hands, even though he's a left-handed player. Mm-hmm. He's shooting the right-handed floater just as effective as he's shooting his left-handed floater, which is very unique because you don't get guys that are, that do that in the league. You got you got, you got guys like, what, what, we can
1: name a list of like three guys off the top of your head that you know going either hand, there's a chance or a very good chance that the shot is makeable. You got LeBron. You got Kyrie. mm mm-hmm. Maybe Dame Lillard.
0: Yeah, I'm, yeah, sometimes. But I don't. See and
1: now, and now, new era. You got uh, Trey Young. Trey Young's pretty ambidextrous. He does do mostly right-handed floaters, but I've mm-hmm. seen his left-handed floaters, and and they're just as you know, they're just as crisp. Um, yeah, it's that's a limited group of players that are capable of really like no matter what side of the court or rim you put them on, there's a high probability that they can finish and get off a shot that's makeable. So the fact that he's doing that, but again how well he's been deployed. Like, he came into that established Miami system and he helps make it go. And I think, what did we project? We thought that Drogic would probably be starting. Yeah. So the fact that he's not starting Mm -hmm. and that Spolster put the, the, you know, you give the keys to your your, your BMW right over to the new guy. You know, that, that says a lot about what Spolster saw in him. And I'm glad that he's able to, you know, pay that faith back. Now, the thing is, is obviously there's going to be a tail off. So we do have to see what happens if he starts to taper down. Cause I remember Jeremy Lin and Lin sanity that really only lasted 10 games, mm-hmm. but the reality is these are the first three or four games of the season. And he's, he, he's scorching and until teams start to come up with something to show that they have any idea how to slow him down or make him less effective, he's going to continue to rack up these numbers because he's getting to his spots. And he's put in the work necessary to knock those shots down. And kudos to him. And it's a reminder to you kids out there playing basketball or anything that you're doing in life. If you keep at it, there's, there's always a chance that somebody will see you and give you that opportunity. But you have to be in the game to get a chance to play it.
0: You know? Hmm. Yeah, like you said, he's um, the first person since Kevin Durant in 2007, 2008 as a rookie. To have a hundred plus points in his uh, first in, for our first three first five three games, games? first five games five yeah because see oh. average, like I said he's averaging over twenty points a game um, Yeah, so twenty to, by five so hundred okay so you like can said yeah and there's been uh, multiple times where he was the Heat leading scorer right? so you got to think, open at night he had twenty eight you mm-hmm. know what I mean and he was ten to fifteen shooting and like I said you know like I said it's it's good to see cats that are stepping up you know what I mean like I said you, these these are this is what you want if you're you know, basketball fans, because not only do you get your favorite team or the teams you follow being good, but you got these new guys that come along and really, really give you some promise to the season because you might not be counting for them. And you said, and I'm sure Miami Heat fans, unless you're a diehard Miami Heat fan, you weren't necessarily thinking that, okay, this cat is going to not only be starting, but he's going to be one of the most effective players on the team. He might even be the leading scorer on the team. But between, and it also, if you go to the, if you go to the, what, the, the NBA scoring
1: leaders, he's got to be in the top
0: 25 or 30 leading scorers in the league right now. But that's what I'm saying, because he's, he's the top leader. That's dope. That's what I mean. As an as a, as a undrafted rookie, it goes to show you, too, that you got, if, hey, if you got dreams and goals, you're going to keep working. You know what I mean? No matter what, yeah. what door is closed on you, you're going to find a way. You know, and you have. There's to, nothing wrong. There's nothing wrong
1: with having NBA dreams and watching the draft from your living room you can still get there. That's the underlying, honest, best way to put it. You don't have to worry about meeting a commissioner to be an NBA player. That's not not justification to abandon your dream. Now, obviously, if you trash, you trash. You know, I'm sorry. Some people just don't know that they're not good at something, and that only comes with self-actualization. There's nothing I can do about that. But in an effort to encourage those who are putting in the work, are seeing results... And do believe in themselves and are willing to put that on the line each and every day, keep at it. Keep at it. Mm-hmm. That's how we got here. That's that, that's how we got to the places that we are in life. And you know, we talked about doing a podcast for God knows how long before we were finally able to put it
0: together, but now we're here and, and it's been a blast, brother. Yes, sir. So yes, sir. That's that's it. So I think we should end the podcast on that positive note. Like I said, the um, you know, this cat gotta keep working. It says only five games in, they play 82. Um, but keep grinding, keep grinding, Kendrick Nunn, whether you hear this podcast or not, or the Mighty Heat. Like I said, I mean I'm not a Heat fan, but I do respect I do respect players that put that work in and try to give the fans what they pay for. Because you know, like I said, it's 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 not a good thing to go to games and you see some players stinking it up. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You got a cat, young young boy putting that work in, and he's taking shots and he's not forcing shots, he's not trying to go crazy and looking like a black hole out there he's doing this within the scheme of the offense and like i said you see a cat that's an average height he's six he's six two but he looks smaller than that on tv so you know what i mean he's putting that work in. he's not he looked about six five when he caught that left-handed dunk oh kept yeah
1: them. oh yeah that too he looked about six seven like he had like a donovan mitchell wingspan he got That
0: one going. <laughs> yeah that's but that's the thing it's got to be you put the work in. You constantly grind, constantly grind. Just never stop grinding for what you believe in. And like I said, Agreed. so like I said on that note, you know we appreciate everybody linking up for this episode thirty-five. Um, you know the the, the well, you can't even. I, I'm not even gonna say the KD issue. I mean, it the KD episode because you know that's a former number for him. And so he's like one of the only people that wore thirty-five in the league. Oh, you know maybe. God bless the dead, but Reggie Lewis, they used to play for the Boston um, Celtics. The Celtics. Other than that, and I don't know too many thirty-fives that was in the league like that. And what is he now? Seven. He's seven. He's went to Brooklyn with number seven. All right. Yeah. On that note, we're gonna wrap up episode
1: thirty-five of "Views from the Clutch." As always, we appreciate your support. If you have something to say, and I'm pretty sure plenty of y'all will, I turned up just so that y'all could talk back to us. Please leave us a voice note on any one of the podcasting platforms where you find us. You can also reach us directly via email at viewsfromtheclutch at gmail.com. Kevin Durant, feel free to come find our Instagram page and troll us from one of your 35,000 accounts. It's Views From The Clutch. You can also find us at Facebook at Views From The Clutch as well. And on that note, I'm going to say peace. Peace.